Hello again, subscribers, followers, and new listeners alike. With you as always, I'm Top Toes, and this is the Oh Those Toes podcast. And with us, guest hosting today, you may remember her from the last episode of 2021, the kinky darling of Twitter, the amazing Molly Cocktail. Hi. Hi, and welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for pinch hitting. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Um, so wanted to bring you back uh, this this recording of all recordings because, and I know Instagram isn't your thing. Uh, you're you're there, but you're you're Twitter. You own right, Twitter. exactly. Uh, and I used to own Instagram <laughs> 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 until something uh, recently called the Great. That's getting known as the Great Purge of nine twenty two. Ah, censorship. Censorship, and um, I think my best guess is uh, an upgrade to the AI that handles their censorship. What happened? Well, to my knowledge, um, 10 to 15 people I know in in our community, in in the foot fetish community on Instagram, that I know of and sp- speak to personally lost the accounts, myself included, on the morning of nine twenty two. <gasps> when you add to that the couple, the few people who had gotten uh, deleted in the weeks prior, um, because Instagram, I think, always there's there's kind of a a staggered rollout of different things and different things that are available to people at different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it was about thirty people I know over a two week period all lost accounts. So um, you've been you've been cancel cultured, basically. I've been, been cancel cultured. Uh, the f- very beginning of summer, I lost uh, my main page of sixty three thousand followers. Oh my god! Uh, already had a backup in place, so that was around sixteen. Grew that up to about seventeen in that three months, three intervening months. Which a thousand followers over three months is not like the old days. Right. And then, um, boom, lost that backup page. Oh and gosh. hemmed and hawed whether I was going to just leave the platform because it's not a platform that likes us. Uh, and finally decided, screw it. This is still the platform we love. It's still the best platform for the foot fetish community because it's a visual kind of thing. Right. And I'm going to start at zero. But you were not the only one who said, come to Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Because we, you know, there's first and foremost, I'm I'm so sorry that you lost all that content and I know people that have been, you know, again, I'm, I'm more in the Twitter world, people who have had accounts that have been there for 10 plus years. And then they say, you know, one wrong word or they post one photo that rubs somebody the wrong way. And the next thing you know, 10 years of content is obliterated. Um, it, it's it's devastating for some people because they, you know, they, people work hard to contribute to the uh the social media um i don't know how you'd put it but they have they have a voice and they use social media for their voice and they they want to share and one idiot can come along and take it all away from you and it sucks because you yeah i get it i get it but yeah twitter's sort of the wild west still yeah tumblr used to be and then when fosta says to pass they said we're just gonna delete all adult content we didn't delete accounts they just deleted anything that had ever been flagged as adult and said here's everybody gets the exact same reset start from zero and we're watching you harder it's such it's such bullshit isn't it 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 is um and we've discussed it on the show before, but I think you and I are a little more educated in the the law, you know, the mention of FOSTA-SESTA. Um, and, you know, this is for American audiences, but not because all the social media platforms are owned in the U.S. They're, they're, for you, they're controlled by U.S. law. Right. And this law was supposed to curb sex trafficking. And somewhere in there, they threw in a badly written part that um, was trying to work with Internet sex trafficking. And um, basically somehow, uh, you know, sexual solicitation on non-adult internet platforms became sex trafficking as well. And basically uh, it turned all our friends into prostitutes and me into a pimp. 
in the the eyes of the federal government. And each platform got to kind of look at it differently, how they were going to handle it. Right. And Zuckerberg buying out uh, Instagram, uh, you know, under Facebook and then eventually under Meta with now the world's biggest social media conglomerate, he took the absolutely most conservative way out and basically put a hard no on it. Yeah, it's, it's it's his right because it's his platform that's at risk. We don't get individually sued by the federal government. He, as the owner of the internet property, is the one who's liable. So right. I get it. I have no love for Zuckerberg. Just you know, it's the whole thing is so is so crazy to me because okay, Zuckerberg's a great example. Okay, like Jack Dorsey used to be the same way with Twitter. Um, you know, these guys, they create these algorithms that, you know, aggregate and, and hold on to all of our data, right? And they compile it into the, into the big internet machine and they target ads based on the content that we put out, basically kind of brainwashing us in a way and giving us all those little micro doses of uh validation with likes retweets and hearts and And then they go and they do something like this they're like you know we have the right to everything you put out there but god forbid you say the word cunt like cunt used to get you banned shadow banned on twitter i don't think it does anymore because i've tweeted that word hundreds of times hopefully to Hopefully to the delight of my followers, but, you know, certain words would, would just get you instantly uh, shadow banned and, or banned altogether. And it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Zuckerberg, you can't have it both ways. Mm. Um, it's, to me, it's theft of content when, when in your well, case, with what your Zuckerberg age- just did for the theft of content thing, cause you're right. He takes everything he wants or that the robots say he wants and exploits it for whatever. And yeah. so he threw a bone to the to the bigger people like me, where now there's um, all these different monetization options. I could make uh, basically a paywalled Instagram account. I would not mm-hmm. do that personally. But, um, you know, I'm all I got involved in the bonuses thing. So if I'm making content that falls into the algorithm of what Instagram wants, and even though Instagram is telling me constantly the content I'm creating is not what they want for their platform. The robots that control one side are not the robots that control the other. So the robots looking at my reach and my post interaction are saying, oh, we're going to incentivize you for creating this type of content here. And here I am getting like, you know, micro pennies on the on the dollar of yeah you get, a, you, you get a you get a little vig absolutely you get, a, you get a tiny little vig that one as soon as you accept it you know just reinforces the fact that he owns everything you put up exactly and two, you know for the for the people with larger accounts and i guess they considered seventeen thousand larger you know it's it's an additional incentive beyond the the serotonin of the likes and retweets and reposts and loves and comments right i on twitter they have something now i'm sure you and any have heard of it if you haven't um i'll give you like a little brief rundown it's called super follow and i, I think instagram does it too but i'm not yeah, sure like i said that's the that's the uh subscription yeah you'd create so a second account on ig this, create a exactly second Exactly. You get this little, you get this little special on your, your Twitter homepage. You get this little special uh, pink button that says super follow. And the minute you click it, the minute a person clicks it, you know, they, in order to follow this person, they have to uh, pay a small, pay a small fee. And there are some accounts out there that, that use, they're very large accounts. They use that super follow and they're, they're making a fairly decent passive income but i have for me personally you know my 25 30,000 followers i don't really pay attention to my follower count to me it just seems like yeah why would i charge someone you know an individual user to follow me that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense i would much rather like i would much rather grab advertising revenue not 
not make, uh, you know, a person on Twitter who's just looking to interact with folks and stuff like that. I would never charge them to, to interact with me because honestly, I don't really have all that much interesting to say anyway. I just, when I'm on Twitter, I just literally tweet the first thing that comes to mind nine times out of 10. It's, it's filthy. It's disgusting. It's humor. Um, but why, why would I charge someone for that? And furthermore, if I, I fear that if I ever did something like that, just like what happened to you, my content is suddenly intellectual property of Twitter. Mm -hmm. I I don't want that. I don't want that. thing I felt is that I was then intentionally swaying the type of content towards the bonus. And, and in a way I was giving up my, uh, my autonomy. My creative autonomy, absolutely. Yes, but going back cause... to the why, I'll tell you the why, because the why is easy. Please do. Um, back <laughs> the, Zuck and Dorsey, I don't really know the new Twitter owner, but you know, definitely Zuck and Dorsey all agreed. If you can't buy them, destroy them. Yes. That's been their mission. So, um, you know, Zuck bought Instagram. Then he tried to make Instagram look like uh, Twitter for a while. And then he tried to make Instagram. Now he's trying to, couldn't buy, so he's trying to destroy TikTok by pushing the reels and short video with music and, and really push that as, as the, the message of, of Instagram so that he can destroy TikTok. And now both of them are saying, well, we're not going to destroy OnlyFans, but we can probably, between us and OnlyFans, we can probably destroy um, Patreon. And so what we'll do yeah. is if you can, if we can push our people towards making, you know, OnlyFans paywall content is porn and they can't simultaneously say no porn and push that. Right. But Patreon firewalled content is whatever anyone considers premium. A lot of artists, whatever. If we can bring them over and, and tease them into our platform, which is faster moving and has much more reach and say, oh, yeah, you want to... Um, paywall some stuff we'll let you paywall some stuff here and eventually since this platform gets more reach you're going to forget about and not renew your patreon and you'll people will be over here aren't they bastards aren't they bastards it's like that oh my gosh the (laughs) and and they're hypocrites yes because they do know that they're drawing the same content they're telling us we can't have and the same content they're closing our accounts for having yeah. And as I kind of said, it's a tale of opposing bots, especially in the Instagram world. Uh, Twitter, you talked a lot. We used to on Instagram talk a lot about, you know, some jealous bastard trying to get your, your account closed. Yep. That's Absolutely. the way it used to be. But you would see that. You would see that with individual posts getting reported and taken down. And then eventually you'd lose your account. Yeah. My- and there's, I, I think now, um, apologies for interrupting. No. Um, the, I don't really know much about, you know, Facebook and Instagram because I I don't really use them much at all. Um, but with Twitter, if we were to post something that someone found offensive, right? The, The thing that sucks is that it's totally passive aggressive. The person that is offended no longer has to confront the poster and say, Hey, you know, do you mind? This isn't blah, blah, blah. Um, the, the, the offended person can simply report the tweet yeah, and as abusive, like, yes, or, or, yes. As we ab- found that, you know, if you, it, for a while, and I think the, the algorithm changed, but for a while, the, the magic bullet was harassment and bullying. Yes. There's, there's a couple ca- different categories. I think that Twitter, Twitter uses for the, you know, the, the offended person. And I say offended in very sarcastic quotes, you know, the woke folk that, you know, you can't breathe without, without offending them. Mm. Um, they can either choose from offensive, abusive and bullying. Uh, I think there's, um, uh, discrimination that's by race uh, gender oh yeah all um, your tra- all your socio-political buzzwords and absolutely f- fucking bullshit because a year ago i had a rash of and that's how i knew it was an individual it was the old days of individual attacks i had a rash of posts 
tagged as removed because they're tagged as abusive. And I'm like, what the hell is abusive about a pair of feet and nylons? There's nothing in the, the, the description does not say anything, challenge anything. The picture does not abuse anything. This is just somebody knowing which button to push to make, you know, Zuckerberg say, oh, oh, oh I'm not going to suborn that. Right. Exactly. The, you have and you have the other side. You have the other group of people who were, um, you know, you post like just like you said, a picture of feet. There's there's a whole crop of other people who, you know, <laughs> they're sort of vanilla esque you and I talked, we talked about this on the last show, as a matter of fact, I think, um, where people are just ill-informed and they see a picture, they don't understand, they know they're looking at feet, they know there's something sexualized or erotic about it, and because they personally do not like feet, they're going to burn you down. Yeah. And then there's the, the other group of people who do like feet, but they don't like that particular pair of feet mm. so they'll you know, do you know what i'm saying it's yeah yes the 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 in fetish sort of micro haters you know yes and they do it and, and i have a reputation of being picky bitches in in having made an episode of it last week you know where we critiqued some author trying to say what is a good foot and we're like well one nobody can say what a good foot is but two we definitely disagree with you but huh. we're not we're not burning anyone down for it, except I'm occasion jokingly Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> you better not burn down my feet. But we love Quentin Tarantino. We just you know don't agree with his taste in the feet. <laughs> I know we don't. We I've seen pictures of your feet now. They've they've popped across. Uh, yeah. No, you're you're in our wheelhouse for sure. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so Instagram has a fourth category of rival models. And that's the absolute, absolute worst. These are the people who think the way to get ahead is on the backs of others. If I knock them down, they don't understand a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. Welcome to the cliche hour. Um, You know what? I I just a sidebar. I had no idea this is where we were going to go with the podcast today. I thought for sure we were going to, you know, we we were going to get into some really dirty shit. And I was all prepared. Oh, but, shit. Well, we got a whole second half after the break. Oh, for you and to by get the way, the dirty shit. excellent. By the way, happy autumn. It's uh, finally here. You know, I tweeted uh, the other day. I was like, hot girl summer is finally fucking over. I'm excited to pull out my my hoodies and my my knee high socks. I had such a <laughs> different feel with it. It was like the last day of summer was still 75 and warm. And then the first day of autumn, I wake up, thunderstorms, cold. I don't, I didn't grab a jacket as I went out to the train. I, an hour and a half into my work day, I find out my page went down. So it was just like, it wasn't oh. the beginning of autumn for me. It was the, oh my God, we're going to smack you in the face with summer is over, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that is fuckery from start to finish. Ugh. Uh, I hope so- your coffee was good at least. <laughs> I I even want to say I didn't have time to stop for a no! Starbucks and actually had to get my coffee on the other side of the train, which is a local independent. I love supporting them, but you know, just uh, honestly, they don't serve a thirty ounce size, so it's just not enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you went at the the you said something about the um the vanilla people who understand this is sexual, don't know how they like it and feel some visceral need to report it. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that happens, that happens a lot. It happens a lot on Twitter. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I, I always say that the porn Twitter, mm-hmm. right. Which is the category. I don't know. I, I, I closely align with the folks that are, you know, very open sexually that are constantly sharing, um, not only photography, central and erotic photography, but we're also just opening opening new doors and talking about their life in terms of their sexuality, their their kinks, etc. And some of them have, you know, I would consider some some pretty strong kinks, and they're you know we're we're talking like. The, the folks that are into heavy impact play that are into like really, really hard shibari 
And some of those pictures that they post, you know, you see the women when they're in aftercare, for example. So you see that their skin is bruised or there may be some blood, mm. right? Not because their their dom hurt them. That's just that's just part and parcel of that type of kink play. And you know, your kink is not my kink, but we we yeah, respect we respect each other. But there are that, some people that are that, that will report that as abuse. That kink freaks out the straights. Absolutely. Yes, and and you know, you can explain up, down, and sideways to these people that there is these are two adults. There is full consent. Uh, there there are safety measures in place yeah like i wish there was a way to to basically have like you remember your old checkbox this uh in that life still does it in posting this i state that you know every i ha- this is my picture i have the right oh to the yes picture and everything is yes yeah I, I wish that social media had the safe sane and consensual checkbox so that you could in posting this listen i have the right to use this picture Everyone in this picture is over 21. Yep. And anything depicted in this picture is safe, sane, and consensual. Absolutely. I think I know they still do that. If Zuckerberg's on... listening, this yeah, is what yeah we exactly. Want. This is how Hello. you do it. <laughs> Hello, social media gods. Yeah, because you know, the only social media site I know of that still does that is FetLife. It's FetLife, yeah. And um, I, I love FetLife. Um, it's a rabbit hole. And I, therefore, I neglect our fet life for the, uh, <laughs> also I, because so much of where we come from is out of Instagram. I always hate to like, do you also have something we could put on our fet life? That's maybe a little racier. It's hard to right. ask the guests for that. Exactly. Um, Cause it feels like you're just kind of begging for free porn. Um, yeah. I can't, I, I was on fet life. I, I had an account there for, for, I don't know maybe four years and I, I deactivated it, um, back in December, November, December. Um, not because I found anything, you know, unsavory there actually in terms of what they allow and the freedom that you have there, uh, is, is great. I love that. But, but Mm -hmm. I was having more of just a not feeling like I kind of, fit in there anymore um because Mm. as much as 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 much as i love the kink scene and as much as i love you know getting into like weird and crazy things um it it just there's a lack of intimacy and for demisexuals and sapiosexuals which i'm both we 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 need the intimacy to make the kink to make the kink work and it's really difficult in any social media setting and then i know a lot of people to make that connection you know, the gross guy in your DM is amplified a thousand times. On yes. Life. Yes. You know, I got funny that you mentioned DMs because we, there's a whole shitload of that on Twitter where, you know, the women of Twitter would tell you, um, particularly the, the very attractive ones, they, they get inundated with uh, random DMs from from what we call reply guys. Right. These are just guys who are looking to troll or guys who are just think you have a pretty face and they want to, they want to jizz on it. Not mm-hmm. wrong, not wrong with jizzing on a face. But, but I don't need to be told about it. Exactly. So, so they will, uh, they will inundate. And I got into this thing because I got so many DMs that were really starting to, to go borderline offensive with the things that people were saying. I'm like, how can I turn this on my head and make it a little more empowering and a little bit more fun and safe, particularly for, for women. Um, I started recording, like reading their DMS out loud and recording Mm. it and then posting it on Twitter. And I did that many, many years, but it's fantastic. Isn't it? Pre FOSTA. We were, um, we, we, the page lasted a week, but we created an independent page where we would, um, take and, uh, harassingly rate uh, the the dick pics we were sent in our DMs, yes. and our friends were too. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're. That, I mean, that's that's kind of awful on our part, and uh, probably Instagram was right right to take that page down, but it was fucking hysterical. I I, I think it's only fair. I mean, if a person is going, I don't know, but like you know, posting it with a caption of "I'm not sure this shade of yellow is healthy. You should see a doctor." <laughs> 
I, I mean, in mine where, you know, I, I would get a shitload of dick pics, but, and obviously I can't, you can't share those in an audio tweet. So I always selected the ones where, where the, you know, the person writes something and they write something ridiculous. And my, oh, the amount of times I've been called sexy princess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing to do, you know, is, is just insult their grammar because <laughs> these people have like zero sentence structure and everything. And it's, I just thought it was a funny, and I, I actually had like, I would call like a mini show because I've done like 20 of these tweets um, and I, it would just be Molly reads her unsolicited DMs. Oh yeah. And, that's, and, that, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh, it was uh, the, the, the nighttime host um, NBC, I think is, and he came out of uh, Saturday Night Live and he had a little bit where he would get people on celebrities read the mean tweets to themselves. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that yeah, is that hilarious. It's I was, for some reason I was thinking Fallon, but you're right. It's Kimmel. Yeah. It's Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and, and the, the, I mean, it, I feel the same way about mean tweets as I, I feel about like reading, you know, the, the unsolicited DMS. The reality mm-hmm. is if you're going to put yourself out there, if you're a celebrity, you're an actor, you are in the public domain. Your right to privacy is pretty much out the door, right? So you you gotta you gotta take the bad with the good. You got millions of dollars, so you can cry your eyes on those hundred dollar bills while I yeah. while while I insult you. But the reply, guys, if you're gonna if you're gonna send unsolicited dick pics to every pretty girl on Twitter, be prepared that some of us are gonna push back and we're gonna humiliate you, uh, like you're trying, you know. Not that yeah, they're trying okay. to humiliate us, but there's some things you just they, don't want to see. Being, yeah, they are being invasive. They are being insulting. Uh, not yes. uh, assaultive. It, um, right. It's it's it presumptive. Is, it is funny how much you and I are, are sort of of the same mind sometimes. Um, it's terrifying because <laughs> where you did the unsolicited DMs and especially the ones of terrible grammar, what I started doing and my I realized my audience is wrong. It didn't it needed a 45 plus audience to really be appreciated, but I would take the exact wording or maybe even like a screen grab of these DMS of uh, amazing mutation of the English language and ridiculous content and use them to caption Lodka Gravis from the old TV show, Taxi. Oh my God. And when you you know who Lodka is and you read it that way, it was hysterical. But the millennials, unfortunately, have never watched Taxi, so they totally don't get what that character oh, is. Man, that is brilliant. That is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I, Gen Zs. Um, there, they have there's no a lot idea. of great ones, but yeah, yeah. They, they don't. They have no idea how much fun it was for us growing up. You know, we had. No- oh yeah, you you got to throw on something called Antenna TV from time to time. Exactly. It's a what television we- network that runs shows left over from the 50s through the <laughs> early 80s from like the classic sitcom era. And nice. Yes, this, nice. Is, this is what we lived on. And we look back at it and we're like, ooh, some of this doesn't fly anymore. But oh, God, we lived in a it's, different time. It, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, I, what was that? What was the name of the thing when we, when we first got cable? I'm sure, Top, you remember this. You you had a box with a cord leading to it. was like a little brown box with oh, the brown buttons. Box with the, the three position, it had like three position switch, switch and a three position switch. So you got a grand total of, oh my God, you had 33 channels available to you. Exactly. Remember that? That was baller. If yeah, and no you remote had control that, to it, you still yeah. had to set, I was the grandchild because it was my grandparents who got cable before my parents. So the grandchild, I was the remote get up and change the thing to 22C. Like, okay, button 22, so position selector C. Yeah, And like, yep. okay, you know, it's like mission impossible to get this thing done. And then you get, then you back away and you're like, the golf channel, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but you were like, you know, if you had that, because me growing up, like we were, Christ, I think we were the, the first on our block that got cable my dad was insistent on it um it was the opposite i didn't have cable until i came back from college oh wow oh wow yeah like i remember the first time like christ i remember the night that mtv 
premiered. And that is because my older sister, she's, she's 10 years older than me. She had all her, uh, her high school friends over because we had cable, right? We to, had to see Kurt Loder for the first time. Exactly. And they were, you know, we had one of those big, uh, sectional sofas in the living room. So it was her, you know, and like 10 other girls from her high school and like two dudes and they're all just cramped around. I think our I think our television was 15 inches. <laughs> you know, they're oh cramped God. around the television. To the, see there the, was literally a hole in the ozone layer over your house that night for the hairspray of 10. You are not kidding girls. because every one of those fucking girls had hair that was indescribable and indestructible. And they all had like a big ass can, the big aluminum cans of Aquanet in their purses. And they, you know, between, at commercial breaks, they would use a plastic pick and make sure that the hair was teased just so um i do love the fashion though because all of them would have been in a tight like levi's 501 80s jeans humps and fishnet socks or pantyhose oh, or yes. things of that nature that's mm. that was definitely formative in my uh that's yes that's see that's what the millennials and the gen z's and the gen y's or whatever the hell they're called i call them the woke generation just remember um, we are we are, well, bigger fish in a social media world, but social media is their world. So we do have it to is. love and respect them. It is, but Gen X did it better. Let's. Oh, you know, we, we if, just if we did everything better. Social media, it would be like eh.com. It would be go it, fuck yourself dot org. Exactly. It would be eat a bag of dicks dot com or meh, m e h. That's you know, meh dot com. That would be my speed, but. There's, People um, ask Gen X, like, why aren't you politically involved? And like, we grew up thinking that the world was going to be exploded by now. We didn't expect to be here. Exactly. <laughs> like they, you know, I, I, a while ago, I said something uh, on Twitter about civil defense drills and it, it felt like there was only about 10 people that knew who I was, knew what I was talking about. You know, the duck and cover hide under your desk. Or jokingly, the position of bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. Exactly. Because, you know, in 1985, when you and I are sitting in our fourth or fifth grade classroom, whatever, wherever where the hell we were, you know, we were convinced, <laughs> we were convinced that Russia was going to nuke us. Oh, yeah. And, Gorby and it's so weird because we're right back or, there, aren't we? <laughs> Gorby was going to push the button or Ronnie was going to think Gorby pushed the button. and It was actually a jelly bean. And uh, then he pushed the button. Yeah. Exactly. Now it's. And now and, we've got Putin threatening to push the button. Yes, and we are right back in, it's like we're right back in the 80s again with... We survived uh, Donnie thinking that he wanted to have a button installed in the toilet just in case. So, <laughs> and now we got Putin. So um, why don't we take a quick break here, hear from a sponsor, and uh, maybe when we get back, we can catch back up to this century and what we we're talking about. I have, I don't, I love where this is going though. I gotta be honest. All right. <laughs> Quick break and we'll pick it back up. And we're back. And I always, my, I didn't grow up on podcasts as we were talking about um, age. I grew up on morning talk radio. And so I always oh, yeah. have this tendency to say, and this is, you know, reintroduce the guest if you're just joining us. But podcasts are linear. You can't be just joining us in the middle. True. <laughs> but it's it's where I come from and it's I always want to do it. The other reason is there's always a little bit of side conversation off the air with guests that, you know, like you kind of want to find a way to segue into, which doesn't work because it was not on the air. Right. Right. And we uh, were gabbing. We like we do. Like uh, we do. <laughs> so we were uh <laughs> we were discussing uh the greatest generation. Yeah, we were Actually, talking about Gen X and <laughs> the greatest generation, Gen X, absolutely. And uh, the 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 um the eternal fear that we felt of World War Three. It was unstoppable and how everything that happened then is happening now with Russia, you know, being terrifying again and Kate Bush being on top of the the top forty. <laughs> She's back on the charts with uh because I of, know it's because of Stranger it's, Things. It's so beautifully nostalgic, and yet it, it is yep. terrifying again. I know. <sighs> uh, and the other one. Here we go. Here's the perfect segue. So, 
1981 beautiful little almost independent film starring a uh, world bodybuilding champion called The Terminator, ah, giving yeah. us the fear that AI will take over the world. He wasn't wrong. They won't. He, they weren't wrong. In they sense. weren't wrong, except for the fact that our AIs are stupid. Our yes, AIs AI is not is... nearly as cool as Skynet. <laughs> no, no. Skynet realized that the entire human race needed to be obliter- obliterated. Our AI does not know the difference between um, a party and a conference table. Um, oh, <laughs> this beautiful example, somebody, um, the racist Google, you mean racist Google. Yeah. When, when Google was working on their AI for photo recognition so that it could give you suggested similar photos, um, somebody took a look at the raw data, you know, kind of looking at making a human test of the results and the AI was working on defining party based on photos that have been tagged or described as a party. And they found out that the, uh, AI was accidentally racist because all the pictures it amalgamated for its definition were white people. So instead <laughs> of ha- it was ignoring people, pictures of Asian and black people having a party that was obviously a party and including any gathering of white people around a table. So you would get like a business meeting. <laughs> oh my God. And so the reason this comes that actually comes back to what we were talking about is because of Zuck and his love of AI. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram is really not patrolled by humans anymore. It's patrolled no, by No, absolutely AI. not. You're absolutely, you're, you're spot on. And the AI cannot distinguish between, you know, what is art in terms of, you know, like if you post a nude photo or something, or a photographer posts a nude, um, and it's, it's meant to be art at, versus porn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I'm I'm sure that that algorithm, those were what we used to call algorithm, which is now pure AIs. Pure yeah. AI, exactly. I think that's probably what's most responsible um, for obliterating your Instagrams. Yeah, it, you when it was responsible for obliterating photos, you could just very easily um, contest it, and then a human would look at the photo and go. Oh, no. Okay. The AI fucked up. The funniest one was always a very tight close up of like toe cleavage would immediately get flagged by the AI because they thought it was a crotch shot. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then you would. um, So what happens is because of the the Instagram, you know, you could do a big tile, like nine pictures that would show up as one big tile picture. If you're doing a foot close up like that, you know, the one that came in between the toes on one frame that would immediately get flagged. And I, everyone I know who tried that got flagged and then you just, you, but you could very easily on a picture, just say, uh, I want to challenge this. And like a human would look at it real quick and go, no, don't dumb bot. That's not what that is. Yeah. And I don't think that human interaction exists anymore. Like, no, when you do put in a, a report of somebody, like if you try to report somebody for, we do it all the time for, for the child porn accounts, we're like, no, we're not going to have this in our community. Um, you get the message almost immediately. Uh, you know, the, our, our bots are reviewing this or they don't say bots, but they say bots um, because we're experiencing high volume. And, uh, you know, this might not get to human attention anytime soon. It's like, OK. Yeah, the la- the complete and utter lack of human interaction into these platforms is is extremely problematic. And in fact, it's what. You know, I don't want to. I don't like politics very much and I don't want to veer off too far away from what we're talking about, but one could blame the bots. One actually one should blame the bots for all that disinformation, all that oversaturation of disinformation that just kept sort of mm-hmm. perme- permeating social media platforms during the, the previous election. Um, that shit is just dangerous it's dangerous that there aren't human hands in it. And I'm reminded of, you know, remember war games back to the eighties that that all all the uh, nuclear missiles were being controlled by a computer that was running game simulations. Right. And they took all the human interaction away from, from uh, controlling, at least the premise of the film is taking the human interaction away from nuclear war because 
the bots would be better suited to select targets. Uh, yeah. yeah and the, it, all, um, it all went to shit. <laughs> the concept in literature goes back forever. The biggest person warning us against AI is Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov, I, yes. Well, actually, he is a, an accomplished astronomer as well as being a science, uh, a science fiction author. He is both. It's not yeah. like he's just, it's not like we're taking a political stance from, uh, say, Stephen King. Yes. <laughs> Asimov is knowledgeable. But yeah, that that concept that eventually, you know, for efficiency, the human element is going to be taken out because the computer can do it at a billion times the speed with a billion times the errors. Yes, exactly. So now exactly. we're dealing with an AI that's allowed to decide whether our, and we will call it art. You know, Instagram is a, well, primarily photographic and now videographic platform. So in a sense, everything there is art. And deciding what of our art is sensual versus sexual. Mm-hmm. And an AI to make that distinction. And maybe it does okay with, because as we said, the AI can only deal with things within the patterns of the input it's taken. Right. So the vanilla world is going to be 89.5% of the input. So maybe the bot's getting okay with tits and ass for art versus for porn. It has no fucking clue when you throw feet into the world. Yeah. No freaking clue when you throw bondage into the world. And so accounts that are posting fully dressed women from the hips down, showing off their feet, dangling a shoe. Somehow the bot knows there's a sexual component in there, but it doesn't know how to put the line between sensual and sexual. Right. Go to, and the, that's... Bot, go to the page is showing heavy bondage. It doesn't even know what it's looking at. Yeah, I think that that's a picture of a fence for all it's aware of. Exactly. And that's that's where that's where the human interaction, you know, for these social media platforms is desperately needed because I'm sorry, but to me, the Internet in all its forms and splendor has has always been a or at least it should have been a massive tool for us all to share any facet of our life that we, you know, that we want to share and we want to do it unobstructed. Um, and the, the monetization and, and the, 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 the Zuckerberg-esque mindset where everything we put out there is no longer ours. It no mm-hmm. longer belongs to us. I have no problem sharing, you know, everything I am with the world with, you know, for example, with my, my Twitter followers, et cetera. I don't have anything to hide in that arena, but it's still mine. It's still mine. And I don't want AI deciding, you know, what's mine and what's not, what they can take away, what words, um, what words are are not okay, you know, in its basic form, in its simplest form, the AI is, is, is basically censorship. It's censorship on a massive scale. I was trying to think in terms of the fact that it wasn't because it's not, um, you know, it's not censorship as we kind of know it throughout American history mm-hmm. and world history has to do with somebody in power has defined a concept as unspeakable and therefore, you know, whether it be on the small scale, this network, this, uh, the oldest is this ad sponsor has said you can't say this and therefore the network would say you can't say this and therefore it wouldn't make it to television so i always think of censorship as having somebody's political motivation at the top end of it now it's a political motivation gave an unthinking unfeeling computer the right to make these decisions but they're not being made the computer doesn't have a political bent the computer just has all authority and no purpose. I, I think the purpose underneath, you know, the, what these bots do, what they what they take away and what they perpetuate, and call me a conspiracy theorist, it's okay. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's what's lining the creator's pocket. Um, the content that is released on mass versus the contact you know the content that's uh, retracted maybe that's i don't know maybe that's the content that isn't generating the most profitability 
Um, I do think that the AI has, sure, it has no feelings. It has no thoughts. It has whatever it's programmed to have. But somewhere in there, somewhere in that programming is, you know. Somebody's intention. Somebody's intent, exactly. And the the intent, of course, with any corporation, and, and let's make no mistake, social media, they're all corporations, is to generate profits. Yeah. On mass on mass scale. Um, we'll so look to... at one that's not very, um, not the biggest social media platform out there whatsoever. Please Probably don't say no 4chan. What? <laughs> I said, please don't say 4chan. No, oh, no, Pinterest. Oh, yeah. What Pinterest, Pinterest, what Pinterest allows that is their entire business model. Because for the most part, Pinterest is somebody has posted something and somewhere on the internet and you bring it over and you pin it so there's almost no in no independent creation of content there right what pinterest has done is they have um linking backlinking yes uh, that's that's old concept internet where you know i link to you from me i see you in linking with backlinking is literally a two-way street mm-hmm. so you see a lot of your goofy little internet tabloids and clickbait kind of websites scouring Pinterest instead of going to like a good media or go to Getty images. They just scour Pinterest because Pinterest completely allows it. And Pinterest, everybody makes a little bit on the clicks here, there and backward and forward. Mm -hmm. It's the, that's the micro monetization for Pinterest is that sort of micro ad revenue when, you know, in style magazine or st- as we spoke of it was style magazine from last week's thing every one of the pictures that they put up as they defined you know what was an attractive celebrity foot were all backlinked to pinterest wow so that's interesting because pinterest makes it easy but yeah. the, the other companies are getting involved in that as well and the bots are looking for to promote the things that outside entities are going to want to use and cut away the chaff that is going to turn outside entities away from it yeah and so we have a thriving foot fetish community on instagram including many pages that specify uh, that focus in on celebrity feet but they go to pinterest because it's just easier and zuck like i said zuck either wants to assimilate it or destroy it yeah, he's now working in that direction, but his bots don't think that the foot fetish community is bringing anything into his pocket. And worse, the American dream everyone wants to make a buck. Everybody knows or has this crazy idea that if you've got a halfway decent pair of feet, you can make a million dollars off them. Some people have, most people don't. But Zuck can't make a million dollars off the pretty feet showing up on my page right your feet on your twitter page can't be uh elon musk can't make money on that but they can for something else so they're going to promote the things that they can basically resell and the resale is so silent and quiet and not really negotiated it's just all uh because it's microtransactions yeah it's that's and to me it's so sinister that that under that ugh. I don't know. There, there's something. There's something really sinister about all of it. Um, I'm of the mind that all of it's okay or none of it's okay, and that that's in terms of you know speech, art. To me, they're one in the same. Um, like I said, they you used to get shadow banned from Twitter um, for for writing the word cunt which is common enough a word it's it's you know as as i understand it in the uk it's not even considered that bad of a cuss word no it's it's the the term you might use for your mate who's being a complete jerk right and it's just a word it doesn't mean anything there's yeah. there's no intent don't be such a cunt have another pint i mean Bingo. that's not bingo and you know these these words would would get you um would get you shadow banned or banned altogether and and to me it's just come on 
you know. <laughs> and while a lot of us might have wa- might have cheered when Donald Trump lost his uh, Twitter page because it was just amusing because he was such a blowhard. Um, in the end, yeah, he's allowed his speech too, where it got right. in the Trump administration, the Trump election, and and social media was the uh, the 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 inform- information wars where things got represented as fact that were coming from nefarious sources. Right. And, and trust me, I don't have any love for, for Donald Trump. I don't have any love for most politicians, but I have a love of free speech. And mm-hmm. I, it's either all okay or none of it's okay. Right. Exactly and how you put it. I don't think, I don't think that uh Twitter banning Trump, right. Was a smart decision. And Probably. not, Again, not, not I don't support the guy. I, I didn't Ban, bans him. are not a smart decision. You've got no, to, not. There, it's free, just... freedom of speech, not freedom from ramification. But if the ramification of your speech is having your speech muted, that's not right. Right, because the know, ramification of bad speech is you declare that you're going to a Nazi rally and in, in in Hyde Park, and I come out to Hyde Park and I punch you in the face. Right, and every, you know everybody was sort of arguing well. Well, Twitter's a private company. Facebook's a private company. Like, they're not. They're publicly traded. They're publicly and they're, traded. And they made themselves, they pushed so hard to make themselves the new public domain. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want any corporation, if, if we're going to say that they're a private corporation, I don't want any fucking private corporation telling me how to think or or what I can say and what I can't, you know. Because and, then you do start making you start seeking out the platforms that fit your style of thought only right and then you become an echo chamber unto yourself and that is the absolute worst thing for just just for the human brain right Mm. and and we're you and i are members of a community that is very open-minded that is all about the exchange of free thoughts and free ideas you know I don't want to have to dive into some sort of private dark hole. No, I, to I talk mean, about the, our kinks and stuff like that because where where FetLife looks like it might be that there is fetish is such a broad and grand term, and there is so much exchange of ideas. In fact, loud and angry exchange of ideas and and uh, disagreement there. Um, yeah, and, it's, and it's, I, it's I, as I, small as you can get. Right. And I happen to be one of those people that thinks that even if it's a loud, a loud banging exchange of ideas, there has to, you know, we need that discourse is, is more than appropriate. We need to get back to that because it honestly, it kind of scared me. You know, you remember, obviously you remember when Trump won and everybody was sort of, um, for a hot minute, everybody sort of clutched their pearls and drew their breath back because we were in absolute awe. And then, you know, within about 48 hours of him uh, winning the election, most of the liberals, okay, most of the the free thinking, uh, freedom loving folk, you know, within our community drew a very powerful line in the sand and they asked all their friends that voted for twitter they didn't want to talk to them voted for trump you mean not twitter i'm sorry voting for trump i got twitter on the brain twitter Uh, on the brain yeah yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah i know right so they 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 completely they're like if you voted for trump i don't want to have anything to fucking do with you i'm gonna block you i'm gonna report you and that is exactly how you ruin every fucking thing. We have to talk about these difficult things. We have yeah. to, and, and that includes what we're talking about right now, the AI having such power over our thoughts and our content. Hey, come on, you know, you need, we, we have to be able to come to the table. It's okay if we don't agree. It's not okay if we never have the conversation. Well, so I don't want to bring it back to the point that we're bashing on the millennials because we're really <laughs> not. But it is definitely a difference in the thought process of the, the millennials versus the, the Xers. Um, 
where yes, the millennials are getting much more politically involved than the Xers ever wanted to. We were definitely a bit anarchy and apathy mixed. Yeah. Um, and they're they were the Bernie or bust, but the problem was the or bust. Yeah. We they're the ones that I would say more fit your oh, well, you know, you didn't do what we thought needed to be done, so we're just gonna take our ball and go home. The where we the the X generation we're the we're the punk generation, we're used to discourse and fighting, whether it be verbal or yep. literally punching people in the face. You know the the my ear of punk had opposing sides of skinheads. You know who were punk or Nazi punk. We were all listening to the same albums. We were all dressing the same. We were all we were ever to everybody else. We were the same culture, and to each other, we were mortal enemies. Right. And we, you know, we didn't have that, you know, the, what we didn't have that sort of enforced the fact that we have constant discourse and confrontation was we didn't have the internet yet. We, we, we weren't, we weren't globally connected on this unbelievably, unbelievable even, scale. And we, we had nothing to hide behind, you know, we you had didn't, you to didn't pick behind. up a telephone to have a political discourse with somebody no. that happened in the street, in the bar, in the club, in the school, you know, depending on your age, in the, the arcade, it happened face to face. We didn't fear face to face contact. Yeah. And I think the closest, the I closest... love the oh, anonymity of the internet. I absolutely do. It, it allows a little bit, maybe it allows a little bit of uh, shaping a persona. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, also a great place to share feelings, values, ideas, thoughts, maybe without, these aren't the thoughts that you could share with the coworkers. These are the thoughts that you can share hiding behind a little bit of internet blindness. You can, you can come out and say it more easily. Here's, right. here's a beautiful pair of feet. Look at this bondage picture. Oh my God. I want my ass spanked like that person just did. Exactly. Easier to, easier to do that, and you were with a mask over your face, right? And you're you're referring to something, you know, you're referring to something that it that has a degree of intimacy to it, you know, um, in terms of our our sexuality and the things that we like, right? There is a degree of intimacy about that. There's a degree of it that we don't share with with the entire world. I'm a and little different. Created, I put it all the fuck out we there. Created a new universe <laughs> where we do share it with the entire world but we share it with an anonymously to an anonymous world right and it it's greatly empowering of everyone's sexuality absolutely is you know you wouldn't believe how many foot fetishes are out there you know they used to say that we were like four percent of the population the new numbers are like percent of the population and 24 percent of the gay population we're we're huge i oh i know and you know i i always find it fascinating that still you know, in the Twitter circles that I run in and the folks that I talk to of, you know, certainly of all ages. Um, it's amazing to me how many people are are into it, but stay so quiet about it. They're so, there is some sort of, um, they feel like there's some sort of stigma on it. So what I, what I try to do, you know, at least in terms of feet, okay, because my partners love my feet. Oh, they do. And <laughs> thank God for that. Um, no, what I try to do is I, I try to present it in a different way. Like uh, there was a woman that had commented on a, a foot, foot, foot photo that I'd posted not too long ago. And she was like, ew, feet, you know, I don't want anybody to, I'm like, well, that's because, you know, you're, you're looking at it maybe the wrong way. Try to imagine the man you love or the woman you love or the partner you love, you know, delicately cradling and you know damn near worshiping the part of your body that carries you through all of life right that works relentlessly morning noon and night literally walking you through life and they are treating it treating your feet in such a manner that it it almost feels worshipful i'm like try to look at it at that in from that perspective and she and the light bulb went on in her head and she's like I never thought of it that way she's like I'm on my feet 24 7 I'm a nurse and um wow I would 
love to receive that kind of affection. So I, tr- that's what I try to do is take that. That's perfect. That's, and that's, that's the mission statement of why we have this podcast, you know, let's, let's normalize it. Let's get people to understand, you know, maybe the podcast isn't the best vehicle for picking up every one of the straights who doesn't understand it, but you know, the ones who are enough to, to be curious to, to search for something, get here and learn more. Right. It's discourse. It's it discourse. is discourse. And I think that was the point that I was trying to make that the, I, I like the public anonymous I do. I think it's a good way to for a lot of people to express what they're about and see that other people are about it, too. What I don't like is that, you know, when when discourse happened face to face. You stood by the courage of the convictions of your words. Yes. And you took that situation, turned it into what we'd call a teaching moment and, and did beautifully with it. But sometimes it's just the trolls and the trolls are empowered by the, the masks we all wear on the Internet, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's, you know, that the trolling, that's a whole other level of the downside. That's, that's part of the downside of the internet. Like I think we were saying you, when you were talking about that style article, when we were, we were not on the mics at that moment, you know, um, the person that was making the commentary about the feet, like he was just deciding, well, this is nice and that's not, and da 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 da. Um, you take the bad with the good. Like what you see that he likes is not necessarily what you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like losing my train of thought. But, the the um, biggest problem with that article is he was not a foot fetishist. He was a, right, he, exactly. He was a um, an SEO specialist. You know, Thank was, you. Yes. Yeah. He, he was just trying to optimize the word count and and keywords to make an article hit and be clickbaitable. Yeah, yeah. And but plus side, he's putting that in his run of the mill, random tabloidy website. He's not hiding it. Yeah, that's a step. Then that's a step in the right direction. Whatever his intention was behind creating the article, just like you said, maybe it. it you know, it's generated, it's generating uh, some sort of profitability. The point is it's normalizing what should already be normal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's putting in a, in a very vanilla publication, it's putting something that, you know, is generally thought of as something kinky right out there into the face of the vanilla world. And that's, I think that's the greatest gift we got Gen Xers got from the punk generation. You know, us being the punk generation, we just put shit in your face and you had to deal with it. You couldn't hide from it. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about the millennials and Gen X and, and I'm sorry, the millennials and Gen Z uh, and Gen Y, I think the closest that I've seen that they've come to really feeling that, that confrontation. We can look at like the black lives matter movement where they quite literally had to fight, Mm -hmm. right? They had to confront authority in the streets. Um, That. I like to think that there was a back row of some, uh, some elder exers telling them how it was done. uh, Yes. And I was reminded of Stonewall. Right. Yes, and that's that's the Xers, and even exactly what would become terrifyingly, they would have become the yuppie generation. But at the time, they were they were still the '60s counterculture. Yeah, and that, but the, and and that's that is the gift of discourse. That's why we, I, I feel like silencing someone like fucking Donald Trump, as much as he's a piece of shit, is a bad idea. Letting bots do our thinking for us, it's just a bad fucking idea. Because human beings were meant to come face to face and confront difficult things. Mm. In- and so at the end of my Black Thursday, yeah, <laughs> I, I cinched up the laces on my Converse. I no. tightened up the leather jacket and I said, no, just make it a new page. I can start at zero. I'm not letting the bots get me down. Excellent, excellent. And if I may give you a small suggestion from your friends over in the Twitterverse, what we love to see 
I haven't seen a person down thumb this or ask a stupid question. We love Converse and fishnets. So <laughs> hopefully all your listeners are listening and they'll share more pictures um, of their Converse high tops and fishnets because that is that is a whole vibe unto itself. It is. It's a good one too. Yeah. And, you know, what I noticed, um, there is an ongoing and very fun war on Twitter between the Converse fans and, and the, the, Van- fans. the Vans fans. Yep. And it's never fucking ending. And it's, oh, it's amazing. Its root, you know what that is? It's, it's not the same cultures, but it is exactly the same thing. It's Biggie and Tupac again. Yes, it it's is. It's New York City punk and LA surf it's and this goes right back oh my gosh see like we were right back where we started because this goes back to us that we were teenagers when that whole when Biggie and Tupac and the east coast west coast rivalry were going on everything old is new again it's fucking rad it's fucking rad (laughs) it is and you know what we're just we're gonna have to keep shining so um the the brief plug of socials and I'm gonna have to include ourselves in it um so you Twitter. Oh, oh, um, it's at Molly Cocktail. Run together, all one word. Oh, run together, all one word. Um. So as I said, I'm back on the Instagram. Uh, tops underscore toes and hose. Uh, a nod to the uh the original page. Uh, and of course, for podcast listeners and information about the podcast, myself, that would be top toes underscore ott. Uh, any. Same day, decided to finally after having her after losing her pages, she came back to I believe it is any underscore cutie underscore Roman numeral four. We're all back. We're all going to keep fighting. Got it. Yeah. This is the mo- what is what is that quote? Oh, uh, this yes. is the moment do that not, punk rock. Do not despair. This is the moment that Joe Strummer trained you for. Boom. That's right. Thank you so much for pinch hitting today. Coming on, um, oh, great so, timing because you're so welcome. I love is, coming here. Social media is your wheelhouse for sure. Kept us, uh, you know, and and helped us describe what's going on because this is about a whole change in the social media on top of a whole political change. And you know, yeah, let's fight it. Let's not give up. Yes, let's- damn the man, save the empire. <laughs> Thanks again so much. Uh, thank you as always to all of our listeners. We do this for you and uh, we're always glad when you tune in. We're always here to happy to hear your comments and feedback. And, uh, you know, Molly Cocktail's got a great voice there too. So for those of you who are masturbating to our voices this whole time, Oof. you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Bye.